Hey, Story Pillar friends. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our new pod friend, The 10 News. Here are Ryan and Pam with all you need to know. Hey, Pam, want a game with me? No, Ryan. It's time to explain what The 10 News is. It's a kid's news podcast for curious 8 to 12-year-olds that even grown-ups can learn from. What else is there to explain? That we cover everything from the Supreme Court and the war in Ukraine to Pokemon and Minecraft. And we'll always tell you 10 things you need to know. We drop on Tuesdays and Wednesdays wherever you get your podcasts. Is it game time now, Pam? It's game time, Rye. Okay, ready for the show? Hey, I'm so happy you're back. I'm Meg, a human person. And I'm Snake. I'm a caterpillar. Oh, Snake, are you okay? Oh no. Here, how about a hug? Poor Sneak. He's been like this all morning. Any idea why? I think something happened at school yesterday, but he's been too upset to talk, which is so not like him. Yeah, definitely not like him at all. Okay, well, let's finish introductions so we can try to figure out what's going on and make a plan. Okay, I'm Bean. I'm a butterfly. Oh. And here's my phone. Thanks. Okay, now that you know who we are, this is... Story Pillar. Story Pillar! I feel a story coming on Wonder where we'll end up today We'll blast around the world We'll sneak and be leading the way Go Story Pillar Hey again, welcome to the fifth episode ever of Story Pillar, a podcast where we tackle sticky situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up advice from you, our listeners. And, and this is usually when I say something clever and hilarious and adorable. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should skip that today, Sneak. I think so too. Okay, let's say hey and find out what sticky situation we're tackling this week. Normally, we'd hear from our listeners first, but Sneak, I think we should maybe start with you. What happened? Okay, well, I was minding my own business in a cafeteria yesterday. I was trying to see if I could drink milk through a straw while hanging upside down from my chair, and it totally worked. It did? Yeah. As long as you squeeze the top of the milk carton shut so the milk doesn't leak out, it worked great. But then I thought I saw a cow. In the school cafeteria? I know, right? 
So I screened my face off because cows are terrifying. No, they aren't, Sneak. Oh, yes, they are. Anyway, it turns out it was just Layla's black and white backpack hanging from her chair. But I was so scared I fell on my head and my sneaks got all tangled up in my backpack. And then I was laughing so hard that even more milk shot out of my nose. And all my friends were laughing too, but... But then... Hunter called me. He called me Sneak the Weird Green Freak for no reason. (laughs) What? Are you kidding me right now? I mean, you say and do a lot of pretty ridiculous things, Sneak, but you're not a freak. You know that, and no one should call you that. Well, I thought I knew that, but it even rhymes. Sneak. The freak! So it must be true! (laughs) No, Sneak. That's not how rhyming works. I'm really sorry that happened. I can tell you're feeling pretty miserable. Yeah, I am. I do think we have our sticky situation for this week, though. What do we do when someone insults us or says something really mean? Maybe we should check out a story. I mean, for ideas for helping Sneak. Not because I actually want to listen to a story or anything. That's a great idea, Bean. I think I have the perfect one. Yeah? Yeah. Today, we're traveling to Japan, a country in the Pacific Ocean made up of nearly 7,000 islands. Holy pistachio! That's a lot of islands! It is a lot of islands. Anyway, our story takes place at Marinji Temple on Honshu, Japan's largest island. This particular temple is famous for the tanuki, which is an animal that looks like a raccoon, but is actually a canine, like foxes, wolves, and dogs. Really? Nido? Fido? I know. Okay, almost ready. My friend told me genki means what's up in Japanese. You're learning Japanese, Bean. Does that sound right to you? So, so, genki. Great. Sneak and listeners, do you want to try? Thanks, Bean. I think that means it was pretty good. Okay, let's skip the rocket this week since we're still pretty upset. Let's just close our eyes and picture a temple with a peaked roof covered in snow and icicles. And maybe it's surrounded by trees blowing in a cold winter wind. Why is that tea kettle flying? Adapted from the miraculous tea kettle, a Tanuki legend from Japan. What kind of life is this? Oshosama shivered and drew his thin robes closer with one hand. With the other, he reached out and shoved the tea kettle further into the fire, making the water splash out of the crack near its handle and sizzle on the hot coals. The low flames danced in the stone fireplace and threw ghoulish shadows onto the bare walls around him. How many years have I run this temple? Oshosama jabbed at the fire sending a shower of sparks onto the scuffed floorboards. And for what? This? 
He scowled around the room, eyes taking in the ancient three-legged stool, the chipped water jug on the floor, and the moth-eaten cushion that he had dragged as close to the hearth as common sense allowed. This was no life for him, the second son of a family with noble blood. Well, almost noble. The grandson of the stepson of the mother of the emperor's master of horses. But who was keeping track? Where were the rich robes, the fine furnishings, the golden statues that were rightfully his, er, his gods? He couldn't even manage a halfway decent fire, he thought, clicking his tongue in disgust. <clears throat> Just then, there was a timid knock at the door. What? Oshosama barked, giving the fire a vicious poke. I, I'm sorry, Osh, Oshosama. The boy in the doorway, Kaito, stammered. What do you want? Oshosama banged the fire poker on the floor, making the young monk jump like a startled mouse. And close that! Can't you see I'm half frozen as it is? Kaito gave a deep, quivering bow and pulled the door closed behind him on squealing hinges. Yes, Osh... And who gave you leave to disturb me in my chamber? Oshosama glowered at him. No, no one. I, I, sim I simply... You what? Thought I might desire the company of a novice? Ha! Oshosama gave an ugly bark of laughter. A country bumpkin lacking the good sense to leave his superior in peace? T tea kettle, Kaito squeaked out. This this tea kettle was left by the front gate, and my my holy brother suggested I bring it to you as yours is is in a uh, need of repair. He bowed lower and braced himself for the reply. Then leave it now. The force of Oshosama's shout caused his freshly poured tea to jump from its cup and seek refuge in the cracks of the worn tabletop. Kaito straightened and let out the breath he had held. Y yes Oshosama, he replied, and with a whirl of robes and a soft click of the door, he was gone. A new teapot. Why, thank you, O oh Lord, for such fine compensation. Oshosama snatched it from beside the door. He turned it from one side to the other, inspecting the dull brown clay and fat little spout that barely managed to clear the bulge of its own belly. <clears throat> Oshosama slammed it down, causing several tea leaves to startle from the open canister. New? This horrid, ugly thing. It's not even fit for a beggar. And with a disdainful sniff, Oshosama slid open the frosted window pane and tossed the kettle out into the blowing snow. Good riddance. Ow! Kaito cried as a dark blur clipped him smartly on the side of the head. What the... He rubbed his ear with one frigid hand and bent over to inspect his attacker. Recognizing the homely tea kettle he had delivered to cantankerous old Oshosama not five minutes before, he picked it up and turned it over, dusting off the wet snowflakes. How did you get here? He glanced up at the window in puzzlement. Then, with a shrug, he gathered it to his chest, bent his head against the wind, and trudged off in search of his own room, feet crunching on the frozen path. Thank you.
You're up. Kaito gave the teapot a gentle thump, the caramel enamel glowing comfortingly in the light of the fire he had just stoked up to a roar. His cloak hung beside the fireplace, melting snow steadily drip-dropping onto the floor, and the wind rattled the door, irritated at being banned from the cozy warmth. He carefully set the kettle on the stand perched just above the crackling flames and sat back on his heels to wait for it to boil. Grrrr, the kettle asked. Wah! Kaito jumped in surprise and reached for the poker dangling next to the steaming cloak. Grrrr, he heard again, the sound closer to a purr than a growl. Kaito brandished the metal rod before him and scuttled into the farthest corner of the room, rather like a very surprised snow crab. For above him, just below the thatching of the ceiling, hovered the tea kettle, its spout and handle replaced by the furry snout and bushy tail of a tanuki, the mischievous little raccoon dogs that darted around the surrounding forests at night. Wait, what? Kaito's mouth fell open and he ducked swiftly as the tanuki kettle spread its fuzzy little paws and zoomed around the room. It rejoiced at its newfound freedom and flew about like an overgrown bumblebee drunk on nectar. What, What are you? Kaito blinked, convinced he was seeing things, and the flying furry kettle abruptly dove and crashed into his chest. Oof, he puffed, struggling to detach the curved, sharp claws that clung to his robes. But the creature just snorted, snuggled into his shoulder, and licked him on the chin. Ew, gross. Kaito's arms automatically tightened around his new, odd little friend. You don't look like much. At first glance, at least. There was another snort in reply. But you're pretty amazing, aren't you? The tanuki kettle answered sleepily and they both laid down on the woven sleeping mat. The folds of Kaito's robe curled around a neat little ball of striped brown fur. And so, Kaito and Stripe, as he had taken to calling his rather remarkable companion, fell into a comfortable rhythm. By day, Stripe and Kettle Form stood guard on the mantle, while Kaito did his best to carry out Oshosama's shouted commands. Not that one. I said this one. And by night, the two friends laughed together in bright firelight, (laughs) Stripe buzzing around the room at top speed, acting out the wild adventures and daring tales Kaito had dreamed up during the monotony of that day's tours. One day, after our particularly nasty telling off, during which Oshosama had thrown an entire pot of boiling tea at Kaito... He decided he could bear his life at the temple no longer. He packed up his belongings, carefully secured tea kettle stripe to the top of his sack, and left. He didn't know exactly where he was heading. He barely remembered his family, half-starved and forced to find a better home for their infant son. And so... He pointed himself toward the green mountains in the distance and started walking, with Stripe occasionally transforming and darting off to explore the forest through which they traveled. After walking most of the day, Kaito and Stripe stopped at a small village hoping to earn some food and maybe a place to stay. Come! Come and witness the miracle of the flying Tanuki 
tea kettle, Kaito called loudly as he made his way to the town square. After gathering as many onlookers as possible, he sat next to a crackling fire, telling the most fantastic tales his imagination could spin. Stripe, for his part, transformed to gasps of surprise from a captivated audience and zipped about overhead embodying the brave samurai, talking trees, and majestic snow queens of Kaito's stories. The two continued, days walking, nights entertaining, until news of the young man with the miraculous tea kettle spread far and wide. Before long, word of Kaito and Stripe reached the ears of the Empress herself, who, understandably, just had to have a magic raccoon dog tea kettle. None of the other Empresses had one, after all. And so, Kaito and Stripe joined the royal court and for many, many years lived in the palace among fine riches and elaborate banquets. They earned a pretty penny for their spellbinding performances, of course, but their most valuable treasure was rooted in the depth of friendship and understanding that had sprung between them on a frigid winter night years before. A humble, kind-hearted monk and a stout, homely little tea kettle, each somewhat ordinary on their own, but together undeniably extraordinary. The end. So, what did you think? Well, I totally want a flying raccoon dog Tea kettle. <laughs> Me too. Stripe would make the perfect sidekick for fighting off the next zombie carrot attack. Holy coconut sneak. There's no such thing as zombie carrots. That you know of. Anyway, I'd be all like, hey, zombie carrots, want a quick cup of tea before we settle this deep space style? And they'd be all like, yeah, that sounds really nice, actually. Thanks. And then Spike would transform, and they'd be all like, Ah, a flying tea kettle raccoon dog, our only weakness! <laughs> There's our sneak. Feeling better? Yeah. Lots. Thanks for the cool story, Meg. You're welcome. And what did you think about how Kaito and Stripe handled their sticky situation? Well, I like how they got away from that mean monk guy. Oshosama? Yeah, holy cheese balls he was mean i mean throwing boiling water at people who does that uh, literally no one <laughs> except that big old frozen meanie face anyway i also like how stripe was like well you're not super rich or anything but you're the nicest person ever and your stories are the best and then kaito was like you're not a fancy gold teapot covered in diamonds and stuff, but you give the best hugs. And sweet baby pinecone, you can turn into a flying raccoon dog? Yeah, I like that too. They were really able to appreciate the best parts of each other. Yeah, and not feel bad about who or what they are. Like me. I'm not a freak. I'm just me. And I don't want to hang out with someone who makes me feel bad about being myself. Absolutely, Sneak. I don't think anyone does. 
At any rate, it sounds like we already have one unstick trick for this week. Ooh, unsticky trickies. That's when a listener gives us advice for handling our sticky situation. Yep. Kaito and Stripe's unstick trick was to distance themselves from Oshosama and find a friend who accepts them for who they are. Exactly. Now let's check in with Jamie and hear what he recommends doing when someone insults us. Hey, I'm Jamie. I'm seven years old. Okay, Jamie. What do you do if someone puts you down or says something mean? Say I can I can do that if I want, and it has zero effect on you because I'm not hurting you. I'm not being mean. You said earlier, uh, what was the word you used? Boundaries. Boundary. Okay. And what does that do? That you're not allowed to say mean words about the things I'm doing, and and it has no effect on you because you're not me. Cool. Thank you. High five. Yeah. Let's do a better high five. <laughs> that was good. Hmm, setting a boundary. Not bad. Wait, haven't we heard from Jamie before? His voice sounds familiar. Yep, he shared his unstick trick for feeling brave in episode one. He told us to try to look on the bright side when we're feeling scared and not assume the worst will happen. Oh yeah, now I remember. Well, he's got more good ideas than a can has tuna. Thanks, Jamie. I love you. Oh, Sneak, I'm so glad you're feeling better. And yes, thank you, Jamie. Listeners, if you have an unstick trick you use when someone says something mean to you, we'd love to hear about it. We'll tell your grown-ups how to get in touch at the end of the show. Okay, that's it. We finished our fifth episode ever of Story Pillar. Sweet me, sweet treat. This calls for a self-hide. Holy cheese balls. Can I have my phone, please? Yep, here you go. With no germs from my butt. I was too upset to sit on it this week. Good. The butt part, not the upset part. Okay, listeners, thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode ready every other Monday. If you had fun, please tell a friend, or many, And don't forget to have a grown-up subscribe, rate us, and leave a gold star review wherever you love listening. If you're looking for mini episodes, have a story suggestion, or want to share an unstick trick, send your grown-up to storypillar.com, that's S-T-O-R-Y-P-I-L-L-A-R, to get in touch. They can also find a link there to our Ko-fi page, as well as more information about how to support the show. As always, thanks to Andy Job and Susanna Bridges for their work on our theme song. And for more of their great kids' music, check out andyandsusanna.com or find them on Spotify and iTunes. And grown-ups, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> our handle is at sign StoryPillar. You can also follow Mackenzie Allison, who does our awesome episode cover art, at MK Allison Art. Okay, ready to say goodbye? Bye! I love you! Bye. Come back next week if you want to. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And remember, dealing with insults is really tough. Try setting a boundary, finding a friend who appreciates you for you, or be on the lookout for a magic raccoon dog tea kettle. Whatever you choose, you got this. And we'll be here cheering you on.